Hey, you guys, welcome to my podcast. My name is Kat, and I'm a PA and content creator obsessed with connecting with like minded people about all things PA, adulting, and everything in between. On this podcast, we'll talk about tools to find success in your career and how to cultivate joy in your everyday. I'm so excited to have you here along for the ride. So let's freaking do this. Happy Monday. I'm so excited to be back after our intermission last week for today's episode because we are bringing back a very special guest for today's chat. You guys have already met him before in one of our first episodes, which was titled PA vs. MD, How Do I Decide? If you're new here or don't remember that episode, I'll share a quick intro about him again. He's a second-year orthopedic resident, graduated med school in 2020, and also a big fan of Sketchy Med, and is married to yours truly. But the reason we're bringing him back into this episode is because We are chatting all about being married in medicine, including going through PA school and part of medical school long distance and figuring out how to even have a relationship during residency. If you don't already know this, Chris and I were long distance for over three years while we were both in grad school, myself in PA school and him in medical school and then during my first year of work. Last year, we finally got to live together again after all that time and it's been a whole other adjustment during residency. So without further ado, please help me welcome back to the podcast, Chris Bernard, a.k.a. Nard, a.k.a. my husband. Hey, everyone. Glad to be back here. Thanks for being willing to have me on this episode again. This is kind of your thing, Katrina, um, and I always wonder what the heck you're doing every Sunday screaming into that microphone over there while I'm listening in the living room, you know, being couch Chris, kind of kind of what I do. Whether I watch some TV or get some work done, you know, Couch Chris is is kind of my go-to, but it's cool being on the other side of it again. You are welcome, Chris. Anyways, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I love that we're going to be chatting about long distance and making relationships work in residency, and I think this is honestly such great timing because we both have the full weekend off for the first time since probably September. It's kind of crazy that that much time has passed. And here we are finally with with two days back-to-back off together. So thank you for spending your extra day off with me doing this. Okay, let's dive into this episode. I was thinking of starting with getting through long distance during PA school and medical school, and then we'll chat a little bit about the adjustment to residency. But first things first, also if you didn't know this, Chris, it's going to be like an entire interview just with you. So I hope that's okay. Um, But first things first, did you ever doubt that we'd get through long distance four years ago when we started it? That's a great question. I never doubted that we would be able to get through the long distance. Um, I think it was just a matter of how long was the distance going to be in terms of how many years were we going to be separated before we were finally able to get back together. Um, I definitely knew there was going to be significant challenges kind of throughout the long distance that we would that we'd experience. And there would definitely be some highs and lows um, during during those times. But I think you know, I, I knew that you were my person and I was going to do kind of whatever it would take in order to be able to get through through the distance um, and just kind of make things work. Well, that's very sweet. Same, same, same. What what would you say would be the, the highs and lows of long distance during that time or like the biggest challenge during that time? I think some of the the biggest highs were coming down to visit you in New York City, being able to go to Yankee Stadium, um, going to watch a, a baseball game together, um, and just kind of exploring the city and having a little bit of free time, you know, from our uh, academic uh, duties and just being able to spend a decent amount of time together. It's kind of different vacations and, you know, being able to step aside from, from our work 
work life and truly be able to uh, put some time and effort into seeing each other. Yeah, sorry to disappoint all you ladies on here, but yes, he is a Yankees fan. One of his few flaws. Yeah, I think you make a great point that when we were together during those like breaks that we had, we were so 100% invested in spending time together. I think that's probably one of the biggest differences between then and now is that we're finding like pockets of time as opposed to like a full week of time where we're just not absorbed in our work at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. Okay, moving on to the next question. We saw each other like probably five times a year during this time, like during that three-year more of like the two out of the three years of long distance, major holidays and maybe like a school break here and there. But who do you think took it the hardest during those big gaps of time? That would definitely be you. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think you would even disagree with me uh, on that. Certainly, I, I, you know, maybe it's a, one of my flaws, but I am not very emotional. And I think that <laughs> helped me out kind of during, you know, these long breaks of being able to see each other, you know, kind of just get through and kind of focus um, on, on being able to get through those times. Whereas you're certainly a little bit more emotional than I am. And I think Turk took, you know, some of these breaks and not being able to see each other for a significant periods of time, uh, a little bit, a little bit harder and a little bit more challenging from your end. It is interesting that you say that because I talk to a bunch of the resident wives now and they're all like, yeah, so-and-so, they're not very romantic, not very emotional. And I think it might just be like a surgeon thing, <laughs> possibly, but I guess that's, it's a personality type. What, what's one thing you tell others about long distance, like a big piece of advice you'd have for them looking back? I'd say probably the biggest thing, um, and you know, this can just be for relationships in general, is is just being able to effectively communicate. Um, I, you know, I think that I think that's the biggest thing. Of even if it's just a small little text, uh, you know, each day, um, that really might be the only uh, opportunity that you have to communicate, depending on kind of uh, where you're at and your and your you know work life and kind of your relationship and everything. But at least you know communicating every single day, letting them know that you, you know, you care about them, you're thinking about them, um, I think is, is important to do, uh, you know, on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, that's a good piece of advice. I feel like every day we would at least text, but we wouldn't really always call or FaceTime or whatever. And I know everyone's kind of different, but Chris and I are very like independent people. So that was easier for us to do. And I guess like, I guess weirdly, the more time we spent apart, the easier it was to get, I guess, accustomed to just touching base daily as opposed to like calling daily because it wasn't always a thing that we could do. Um, I think I would say like the first couple weeks are the hardest after you see them. Like the first two weeks of being back at school and like back doing your own thing and then having to think about the next time that you're going to see them. I think that's the hardest time. But yeah, the best piece of advice is that. But also I would say, which we already alluded to before, is like completely – 100% being present when you guys are together, which is so much easier, I think, when you are long distance because you value that time so much more than maybe now that we do because we see each other daily, for the most part, I guess, if Chris isn't on call. And then I would also just say, remember that everything is temporary in life, including long distance. But moving on, is there anything looking back that you would change about how we handled long distance? Hmm. That's a good one, right? A thinker. That's a that's, that's a, a thinker. That is a thinker. 
answer. We have no answer. Have no answer. Chris <laughs> said that we handled it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what he's saying. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I wrote the question down, but I don't have an answer. I mean, I'm sure we would definitely change some things. It's hard to think back now. Anything specific? It's like, I wish, I think I would have wanted to see each other more, but I don't think it would have been physically possible to. I th- that's that's what I was thinking. Is like, like, there's I've, people that do long distance that see each other monthly. And I that would have been really cool if we could have done that. But it was so impossible for what we were doing. Yeah, I just feel like our schedules were never kind of lined up together. Like anytime that I had a break, you didn't and vice versa. So I feel like and it was if just we like were really to visit hard each to other, visit then, each other that not, yeah. Are you gonna me or what are we doing here? I'm trying to answer here. One I, thing. I just think that, you know, my like I was saying, you know, our breaks just never aligned. It was either, you know, I had a break when I finished my rotation and you know, you were in the middle of your, you know, rotation where, you know, even if I did come and see you, it would be, you know, you were gone all day or like some of your rotations you even had kinda like mid-morning to to evening and you know the the schedule was just never you know kind of a, a routine schedule and stuff like that so i i think it would have been still a challenge to to see each other more often than what we did even though it wasn't all that often but we made it work yeah and it's not like at least in my situation i mean i i lived in a very small apartment with like one to two other roommates so it's like i can't just kind of leave you there and like i guess it's just a small space so yeah and anyways, i yeah. i mean Fourth year, I lived in the living room. So that <laughs> yeah, was, so that, that was interesting. So saving it's not money, like you can just necessarily kind of come and yeah, go live in the living room yourself. Right? Do you think it was like a positive thing, like, or do you recommend that people avoid long distance? Like, what's what's good about long distance, and like, what was bad? I mean, I I don't think people should necessarily avoid it. You know, I think uh, you know to a certain extent, people have to follow their own opportunities. Um, at least initially, like when we were, uh, you know, potentially going to go long distance, you know, we were dating. It's not like we were married with kids and everything where, you know, that it would be kind of, you know, more pressure to kind of go to the, go to the same location. I wanted you to be able to kind of follow your dreams and be able to go to PA school and stuff like that. So I feel like I supported you and, uh, you know, going somewhere to, to be able to follow your own dreams, I think it would be extremely selfish of me to be like, no, you, you, you got to stick around with me until I finish med school. And then we can try to figure out something for you to do, um, afterwards. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's, uh, complete, I thought it was, you know, completely appropriate and, you know, important for you to, to chase after what you'd want to do yourself. And I just knew that we would, you know, make it work and, um, kind of figure things out, uh, after kind of all the schooling had been done. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't necessarily recommend people avoiding it. I understand, you know, people that are married with kids that that certainly, you know, adds extra challenges and, you know, might be more of a reason to to attempt to avoid long distance. You know, I think in terms of positives from it, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, what do they say? Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Sure does. (laughs) So, But I I think it allowed us, you know, like you were saying earlier, we're, we're both relatively independent people. You know, I think it allowed us to kind of focus on ourselves and be able to um, kind of focus on our, our own kind of academic lives at the time. And, you know, for me personally, you know, that's a, that's a huge part. And I think not having you around on a daily basis really allowed me to kind of focus on my, my studies um, and really, you know, put every all the effort I can into it versus, you know, if you were there on a daily basis, I'd 
you know, certainly want to, you know, hang out and do, do more things and probably push the, push the studies to the side. And who knows if I'd, you know, be in the position I'm in today, if, if that were the case. Yeah. Yeah. I think the good thing is, I have to agree. I think the good thing is if I was in a very comfortable spot in my life and I didn't have a lot of experiences before I went to PA school and I just, I thought it was a great way to find some independence and grow. And I feel like I'm, in a in a good way, such a different person than I was going into PA school and going into long distance. I'm such a different person having come into our marriage, which which also was a little bit of an adjustment. But yeah, I think that's like a good thing. I think that if you can do it, and if you guys listen to a recent podcast with um, Kelsey, probably about a month and a half ago, she was talking about how she like recommends it. Um, so you can get a lot out of just finding that independence. But I agree, it really did help me focus a lot better. Um, but I will say it's a privilege, I guess, to be able to do that, especially if you do have like a family or if you have shared finances, which we did not when we went long distance, but it is such a financial burden to go long distance. Like if you can be together in the same place and you guys know you're going to be together, live together, that's a huge money saving aspect to it. So that's obviously something to consider. But I think if you have the means and you have few choices to stay in the same area, I don't think you should be afraid of long distance. Okay, Chris, what was the biggest readjustment to make once the long distance was over and we were living together again? And not, I'm not talking about when you were living in my mom's basement, which was true for his last year of medical school because he had so many away rotations, like he didn't want to rent for the year from like a landlord. So he just lived with my mom, which was like really cute. So now they have like the cutest relationship. <laughs> no, that was definitely very sweet. I think the, probably the biggest thing is just, be you know, sharing a... a the same space kind of with with another person you know it'd been what yeah like you're saying three three plus years of kind of being able to live in my own space kind of do my own thing you know probably be a little bit messier uh <laughs> than than you currently want me to be now so i think just having to to kind of readjust that that aspect of of life yeah that was hard and i i kind of alluded to this earlier was that i was such a different person i guess in, in a good way like a grown person coming out of long distance that I felt like initially when we got back together, I was, we were trying to adjust to like the grown people we've become and still seeing if we fit, which obviously we did. I mean, we're married now, but I think personally, like that was the hardest thing for me was more of like an internal struggle. But also I will say that the socks and the clothes suddenly missing, missing the laundry basket or like the laundry not getting done on like a weekly basis. I don't know. So, so many different things that I forgot were part of our lives like when we weren't long distance like prior to living together in Kansas City but yeah I totally agree with you yeah sharing a space and I don't know there's like I said there's something really nice about living independently even though I lived with roommates and and just kind of going back to living with your person it is nice though he's my my favorite roommate so (laughs) Chris Chris, he's got some inside jokes about that but yeah you're my favorite roommate um, okay, well, I loved that. Thank you so much, Chris. I, I really hope that that was helpful for anyone listening who may be going through a long-distance relationship right now or may have, like, that chapter coming up. Before we move on to managing relationships during residency, I just want to ask Chris one more time, like, what's, like, one thing you're telling the person? Not not communicate, but, like, what's one one other thing you're telling the the couple who's about to enter long-distance? 
Okay, before you answer, I'll maybe I'll spark your brain. I would say don't sweat the small stuff. I feel like you really don't fight that much when you're long distance because you value so much time together that you're not, I don't know. I feel like it was kind of like that for us. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree. I think that's certainly very important because you don't want to make something that's not really much of an issue into something bigger. And I think being long distance and, you know, everything doesn't always translate completely well through text messages. Um, so I, th- I think, like you're saying, you know, try not to sweat the small things, kind of just letting letting things go, picking picking your battles yeah. of what's what's truly, you know, important to fight over, you know, and certainly, you know, you still have to have some sort of boundaries and stuff like that of what, you know, what you deem acceptable and what's not accept- acceptable. But I think especially, like you're saying, during long distance, you know, it's important to kind of let the small things go and try not to make them into too much of an issue um, when they certainly don't need to be. Yeah, you have all the time in the world to bicker after. Uh, trust us, but yeah. <laughs> no, I think that, uh, and yeah, and I just want to reloop and say, like, it really is temporary and you're going to get through it. So if you're doing it right now, you're doing a great job. Okay, but like, let's move on to just briefly how to manage relationships in residency. Obviously, every situation is different, but our perspective is coming from a second year orthopedic surgery resident and a full-time PA and blogger. But I think the concept can still apply to so many similar scenarios, whether you're medicine or not. But Chris, I'm going to ask you a question again, as usual, as this whole podcast episode has been going, but here's another one for you. Personally, what was like the biggest adjustment for you as you entered residency? And this doesn't have to relate to relationships. It's just kind of to help preface the next question. I, th- I think the biggest thing going from like med school to residency is that, you know, as a resident, you're you're starting to make decisions on, on patients and, you know, people definitely trust what you do a lot more. Um, and so there's a lot more, I don't know if liability is the right word, but, you know, a little bit more pressure on kind of everything that you're doing, you know, has can definitely have a pretty big impact on patients. I think, you know, as a med student, there's always someone there kind of watching over you and, you know, double checking your work for everything. And as a, as a resident, you know, you definitely still have, you know, a lot of guidance and a lot of, you know, people kind of watching over you and stuff. But I think there's a lot more independence. Um, and there, you know, cer- certainly might be times where a lot of what you say in your examination and everything uh, has a huge impact on kind of the medical decision making uh, that goes on uh, for some of these patients. Yeah, so like a huge level, a, a change in your level of responsibility for sure. So what, with that being said, like what's something you tell partners of residents when they're wondering how they can support their person during residency or whatever they're doing in life, but I guess your perspective will be on residency. I think the biggest thing is patience. You know, I, I think regardless of what kind of specialty you're in, uh, you know, you're you're working pretty hard hours, you're getting crushed kind of on a, on a regular, I think especially in the surgical subspecialty fields, you know, you're routinely getting getting uh, pretty crushed on a daily basis. And, you know, you're constantly tired, you're, you know, you're working your, your butt off, you know, day in and day out. And I think if, if you're coming home to a, a toxic environment, it certainly makes a lot of challenges in your life that, you know, doesn't doesn't provide any, you know, I guess support or anything like that. So I think, you know, just patience and support, I think is the, is the biggest thing. And, you know, trying to understand that, you know, we're, we're doing the best that we can, both in work and at, at home, trying to contribute um, as much as we can. You were looking at me while you said that. I appreciate that, Chris. <laughs> um, what What's the best, what is the best part of having 
of marriage and residency? Like, is there any good part? <laughs> like, what's the best part? <laughs> I, I think the, you know, one of the biggest things is just having someone else that you can count on and rely on and some, you know, someone that's there for you. You know, I know, I know I can, you know, come home from a long day and be completely exhausted and, and you're there for me, you know, whether helping make dinner or if it's, you know, just providing a positive light at the end of the day of, of you know, of, of a rough day, you know, just seeing you smile and stuff like that when I come home through the door and, you know, just getting that little bit of extra energy, which if you're not in a relationship or, you know, more long distance, it's harder to get something like that on a, on a routine basis. And I think being there for each other, because I know, you know, you have certainly long stretches or, you know, rough days and stuff like that. Um, and, and if I can kind of be there to put a smile on your face or help out around the house and stuff like that, I think it's just a matter of being there for each other and, and helping, helping out in any way that we can. Yeah. What's the one task that you would love to have off your plate as a resident or as like someone who owns a house, somebody who has like a life besides just being in the hospital? Like what's one task that you think would make your life easier as a resident? I'd say probably i guess it's between laundry which and... you never do anyways <laughs> I, occasionally you definitely do a lot more laundry than i do laundry versus dishes and also because we have animals taking care of the animals don't oh, just start the list if you're <laughs> what else <laughs> dinner <laughs> probably probably cooking dinner the dishes okay, like what's the, the laundry What's the and, biggest one? And the animals. If you I don't never, know. I, I feel if, like I feel like it's a it's a revolving thing because if you never had certain, to do one thing again, what would it be? There's certain days that I know some are more. It'd be pick up the dog ones. poop. That's what it would be. And the cat litter box. I'm just not a cat litter. Yeah. And maybe you know probably probably the diapers down the road. <laughs> Hopefully. The, the di the diapers is definitely going to be the biggest thing <laughs> down the road. For as much as Chris is in surgery, he cannot handle like non-surgical bodily fluids and I'm an orthopedic surgery resident, (laughs) not a general surgery resident. We don't do poop. (laughs) We don't do poop. Um, Okay, so then how would you, what would you say, like how has your mindset of what you needed in a relationship from being in med school changed to what you need in a relationship being a resident? I guess, has it changed at all? To be honest, I don't know that it's, changed all that much you know from being in med school to to being a resident you know i think it's just like patience because like there's always I mean, there's always something else there's always another test there's always another and that's why I you, Chris, you love that you yeah. love that there, for, <laughs> from your perspective yeah it's yeah. always oh there's always one more thing I, I think the biggest thing now is at least in residency the consistency of exams is not there mm-hmm. um like it like it is in med school um but there's a new pressure it's like being oh, for prepared sure. for the cases or yeah. like you're There's, just constantly having to prove yourself. Definitely. And and I, you instead know, of I, on paper, it's in person. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that that is certainly true. And, you know, some of it's the goals that I have set for myself and, you know, where I want to be at the end of the day. So, but I, I, th- I think that's kind of been constant for me from med school into residency as well. So I'm not sure there has been too much of a change in, in terms of what I need from a relationship. What do you like hope to provide for your relationship in five, 10 years? Like what, what, how do you see your relationship in five or 10 years once you're out of residency? Hopefully financial stability. (laughs) Yeah. He calls me his 
sugar mama. Is that what you call me? You're my sugar mama right now. <laughs> Although you got too much debt to truly be my sugar mama. That's true. So it's yep. not really not really a sugar and mama. And that is yet. a different episode for another day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Loans. Like, I feel like, feel like by the time that you truly become a sugar mama, I'm going to be an attending at that point. And that, that will be good. That will be some good stuff right there. Yeah. So And hopefully we'll pay off our debt then. But I'm going to wrap this up. Do you have any closing thoughts, Chris? Appreciate you having me on. You know, this was, this was a, a great, great experience. And, you know, hopefully there's, you know, at least someone out there can learn a little bit from our experience. Yeah, I agree. I, I love having you on for these episodes because I always learn something because I feel like you don't directly answer me if I was going to ask you these questions off air. What did, what did you learn from me today? Um, that's, uh, that's a good question. Gotcha, I gotcha. I'll listen back and then I'll learn <laughs> something. No, I mean, you're just really sweet. That's really nice of you. Um, am, I, am I more emotional on this podcast than, yeah, than were, in real you were, life? You were looking at with at me for some with some of the answers. It was really nice. So anyways, you guys. Eye contact is important. Eye contact is important. However, hard to do with long distance. So that's true. Communication. <laughs> but... Um, I, that wraps up our episode today. Thank you so, so much, Chris, for being here today. It really does mean the world to me that you joined this episode, like I said, on like the first full weekend you had off that you spent your extra day being on here with us. And I hope others, like Chris said, I hope that others can relate to this and find some encouragement. Like, like I said, you will get through it. It is all temporary and, you know, not, you know, you might, I don't know what I'm trying to say. And it, if, if you don't, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I heard this like little real um, audio that was kind of like, let people leave out of your life because like God's heard conversations that you haven't heard. And I thought that that was really insightful. Um, and it's okay if like a door closes and another one opens. But for those of you who are like getting through this and you see the light at the end, at the end of the tunnel, just keep pushing forward to it and... And whatever will be, will be. And it's going to be amazing, whatever it is. So as always, you guys, you can always DM me or leave a review. If you loved this episode, please let me know. But until next time, you guys, we hope you have a great safe day. We'll talk to you soon. Is that your belly? Yeah. <laughs> What do you want? I want you to say bye. Yeah.